Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, as possibly bleak as this. Welcome everyone to another episode of Chessie Hour. I'm back in the hosting seat. My name is Daniel Soft. If you're a first-time listener, Chessie Hour. You might have heard people say Chessie, uh, refer to Chelsea effectively as Chessie. Um, we are responsible for that and we've got a trademark. That is our brand. And we are joined by um, a Chessie member. I feel like you're almost like a January signing, Joe. What are you saying, bro? <laughs> I'm good, man. I hope you're blessed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought we'll bring you in, let you warm up, you know, behind the scenes. Don't rush you in. Not rushing you in. A nice, cheap sign as well. Not that you're cheap. You're good quality, but, you know, we'd have to pay any money for you. Um, and then Alexis... Alexis, listen, I'm talking to your people. I'm trying to sign him. But, you know, Alexis has built his own platform. Alexis, what are you saying, bro? I'm good, man. I'm good. Yeah. Always happy to jump on my favourite platform. So Yes, yes. And always a pleasure to have you. So, end of the season. The season's done. I still feel like I'm still in the football. I know, like, for us, the season's done. There's still Champions League to go. And there's, I, feel like, I feel like that's the big game that's left. But for me, it still feels like we're in the kind of football cycle, but it's done for a while. And it looks like, even though the official announcement hasn't happened yet, the takeover is almost done. And so it's going to be transfer season. But before we get to it, because we will cover that, Alexis wants to ask a question. So Alexis, ask the question you want to ask. So has this season overall been a success or not? We've got rival fans painting the picture that it hasn't. Tuchel's been terrible and Arteta's on the same level as him. We've got Chelsea fans saying this has been fantastic due to external circumstances. I just want to have a nice, calm, deep dive into this in a safe environment. In a safe environment. I like it. You want to know what the truth is. Yeah. Chelsea fans are going to be biased. Rival fans are going to be biased. And we ain't got Babs playing both sides. At yeah, the moment. loving the ops. Like he just <laughs> loves the ops. He just loves the ops. Um, okay, so you ask a good question. We are a group of Chelsea fans, but we what I feel like we're all objective to. Um, so 
Alex, you pose a question. Before I want to get your take on it, we'll start with you, Joe. Is this season a success? I won't go as far as saying a success, but I won't say it's been a bad season. Mm-hmm. I, I will just call it average. We got top four, which is the bare minimum for a club like us. Like We don't celebrate that. Mm-hmm. We got two trophies, Super Cup and the Club World Cup. Mm-hmm. But outside of that, like for me, really and truly, I kind of felt like could like I wish we would have gone further with the Champions League and maybe pushed Liverpool and City a bit more closer to the final day for me to really be moved by the season. Okay. I feel like we started off well, but then as the season went on, obviously with injuries and stuff like that, we started to just like kind of slowly decline. I'll say a slow decline, and then the end of the season was just very anticlimactic. Okay. All right. So. Let me ask this question to you, Joe. If we finished, let's say, three points from Liverpool, Super Cup, Club World Cup, then would you consider this season a success? I still would. I don't know. For me, a success is either getting the Premier League or Champions League or both, really. Okay. But... For me, I would say it would would have been a good, a really good season if we like chased Liverpool and see down to at least three points, because at least it shows that we were competitive throughout the whole season. Okay, so the reason why I wanted to hold in on that is, Alex, if you don't mind being in the hosting seat, and I've seen you take shots at me on the timeline saying that I lead people with my questions, and I don't appreciate that. But, <laughs> but I'm joking. But. If I can change the question, and I don't want to ask, is a season a success? Because I think for a lot of Chelsea fans, they're going to say the season's only a success if we win a big trophy, Premier League, Champions League. But I want to ask, is this a good season? I think Uh, so. Yeah? Yeah, and I can explain this. And I'm not on Twitter where there's 220 characters. Like I can go into detail. We were one penalty kick away from winning the Carling Cup. Yeah. where Kepa blazed it over. Mm-hmm. Then we had, we should have won it in the 90. We didn't. We had an FA Cup final where we went toe-to-toe with Liverpool. Mm-hmm. We lost on penalties. Mm-hmm. Tuchel said it best in the press conference. We can't judge a season purely based off penalty kicks. Yeah, Because if we win those two penalty shootouts. All of a sudden, everyone's saying, oh, it's four cups, mm-hmm. sanctioned season. Let's be positive about it. Mm-hmm. Was the league a success? I think 75 points, I was saying 80 points is the target. We fell off. But then you have to take into account the little elements. They were on the beach after the Madrid game. The players in their head wrapped up top four. Mm -hmm. They were playing for vibes. They were playing to see out the fixtures. Mm -hmm. And because of that, we won't say it's a success, but I think it was a good season. There was progress made. And we can go into the little progress like together, but Reese James... I think Mount's production, I think you saw the evolution of Kovacic actually passing forward quickly. Trevor Chalibur's integrated into the squad. We didn't have him last year, and I think he's good enough to be a starter potentially next year. There are building blocks. We're not saying it's perfect. We didn't win the league, but there are positive, like, positive things to take out. Okay, you paint it good. You paint, but maybe you're just a biased Chelsea fan. So if you will, 
I'll paint the Babs. I'll be the Babs. I'll love the ops and I'll, you know, represent that side of the argument. So a lot of people will say, in fact, what's that Liverpool fan said? If your mum had wheels, then she'd be a bike or something like that. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, if, if, if your aunt had balls, she'd be your uncle. Something like that, right? So, oh, a penalty miss away from a cup win and all of this type of stuff. We didn't do it. And so just on the facts of what happened, which you did point out, it is a fact that we lost on penalties and you make a good point. Can we judge a season off of penalties? But you can though. So like when it comes down to it, when we think of the time when we lost the Champions League final to Manchester United, we don't celebrate that season. <laughs> we celebrate the 2012 one where we won it on penalties. And so when you're saying, can you judge a season on penalties? You can't. Right. So we did lose those finals. We won what people will call tin pot trophies. We won the Champions League and everybody kind of sees it as, OK, cool. Once you do something, you've got to keep pushing forward. So the benchmark was the Champions League. And this season, two tin pot. And don't forget, this is me just being Babs. Dot lover. It's not me. Dance off. So don't come. And there's a couple of people I have to talk about later. But anyway, so two tin pot trophies struggled, scrambled to make top four, supposed to have an elite manager, as a lot of you Chelsea fans tell me, um, £100 million signing in Lukaku, the same manager sold Giroud and Tammy, who are doing bits, and I know Alexis, you've got your own little thing with Tammy, but they're scoring more than our strikers. So, have we gone backwards from a team that actually, a lot of people said, you know what, they can compete with Liverpool and Man City in the league, but we're falling off. So, do you retort, Alexis? Yeah, so, Tim Pot trophies. Those two Tim Pot trophies, Manchester City have been killing to, to even play in those games. Mm-hmm. So, I don't understand how Super Cup and the Club World Cup are Tim Pot trophies when you have to win the Champions League to even qualify. Mm-hmm. So, it's, it's a respectable trophy. It's, it's trophies certain clubs dream about. So that's the first thing. We can ignore that. We played Liverpool four times, and I don't think that we can say they consistently got the better of us. The big game occasion, we have showed up, in my opinion. I think if you look at the four Liverpool games, the second leg of, against Madrid, we, the team's got character. If anything, it reiterates the point that give Tuchel a one-off tie will be fine. The league form, like I said, they stopped playing after Madrid because we were in a convenient position of you've basically qualified. It, it's hard to get motivated for something when you've essentially achieved. The, the target wasn't top four, though. The target was to chase Liverpool and City. So we didn't achieve what we set out to do in terms of the league. It was to close the gap. And the gap is what? Is it 18 points? 18 points. But l- let's put it this way, right? If if we beat if we're going to go in hypotheticals, but if we beat Madrid and went through, we had something to play for. I reckon we would have picked up a lot more points. The Manchester, uh, Manchester United, the Leicester game, points that the players would still have been trying to keep sharp for the big semi-final coming up against Manchester City. We've increased our goal total. We've conceded less goals. We've got more points. It's not a perfect season. It's not a great season, but it's a good season. It's, okay. 
this is okay. I get, I get, and I know you you heard yourself saying if too much, and you realized it was hypotheticals. And uh, this is this isn't Doctor Strange's multiverse of madness, right? Yeah, we're I, not gonna I, go I, and, and replay games, but at the same time, yeah. we can't. There are there is constructive criticism for this season. I get, I get, and I'm not listening. I'm just kind of playing the devil advocate role. Um, but at the same time, what I'd say is this: when you compare what we did to last season, when you're talking about we scored more goals and we um, conceded less, are you talking? Don't forget, there's a reason why Tuchel came in mid-season because Tuchel drew uh, nine out of his twenty league games last year. Okay, so this is what I wanted to get into: how are we doing from Tuchel's time in the Premier League last season to this time? Because if he drew nine games. And we're still drawing a lot of games. Is that progress? Yes, I think there is progress because the progress for me was until December when we had a full squad. And we, I think a lot of people ignore one massive context. We had no games postponed due to COVID. So we were forced to play in a period where we we had to heavily rotate. Mm -hmm. And we had benches with Harvey Vale, Simmons, and other youngsters. I had no idea who they were. I'll be the first to admit. Yeah, uh, I'm not Cobbin sexual like most people. So, but it's one of those situations where those games caught up. We had three games in the span of seven days when certain clubs like Arsenal were ducking games. Yeah. So it's hard to like criticize us for playing, seeing out our fixtures and then saying, oh, you dropped out the title race. Yeah, of course we're going to drop out the title race. It's good. It's good. You bring it. This is why I like you on a pod. We're we're jousting now. Do you know what I'm saying? I'm bringing out good points to me. All right, I want to go to Joe. Joe, so you've just heard that back and forth. Um, Any comments on what you've just heard? No, do you know what it is? Like, I agree with, with most of what Alexis said. Like, the season hasn't been a failure I would just say that we learned a lot about the squad and what really needs to be sorted if we want to close the gap. So I guess in a way there has been, even even with the bad or the less attractive sides of our season, we were still able to gain something from that because I believe that Tuchel even came out with comments recently talking about maybe some of the issues that maybe going on with the attack. So okay. I feel like it's opened his eyes to realise, okay, look, for us to close this gap with Man City and Liverpool, these are the mistakes okay. we may have made coming into the season and what we need to change to get to okay. Man City and Liverpool. So let's focus So I won't say the season's been horrible. So no, I won't say that. So let's focus on the mistakes. Let's focus. I always want to play the devil's advocate. So Alexis, you paint a good picture in terms of the struggles and what we've had to overcome. But what was our own self-inflicted? That's from manager, players or whatever. No problem. Yeah. I think Tuchel has an issue where, because given the nature of how many attackers he has, he has to manage his squad, in my opinion. And the problem is the front three don't get a consistent run of games. But it's hard to blame him when... No one steps up and actually when they get the four games in a row and takes the chance by the scruff of the neck. So given his options, he's almost forced to rotate. But at the same time, it's his job to get the best out of his tools. So that's the first one. Mm -hmm. The front three, 
I don't think there's any combination of the front three that we can say, you know what, that was our default front three for three months, and we knew they were starting no matter what happened. So that was the first issue. The second issue, I do think we have a midfield issue. And a lot of people won't, like, I think, Dan, you won't agree with me. I do think it's the right time to get a, I'm not saying sell Jorginho, but I let's, think we need I, a comp- just, just before we do solutions, let's talk about the problem. Okay, the midfield is an issue. Why? Wing-back cover. Why? Because Why? I, I think we need more combative midfielders. I think we need midfielders that, one, have a good passing range, but at the same time have PMP. Okay. I do. I need that in my midfield. Which, which is fine, but now this is... I want to focus because everyone's going to... I want to focus on the problems. So when you say the issue is that we didn't have a combative midfield, tell me, give me anecdotes of some games that you've seen it where actually the issue was Brighton. But well, I came prepared then. I knew this was going to come. <laughs> yeah, but, but okay. But Brighton, Brighton two not... games, right? Brighton two games, the midfield battle where Basuma imposes himself. And this isn't even like identifying either one of our midfielders. It's where the game's a bit stretched or we're trying to, we have to win the midfield battle. And you, you see Basuma dominating that, not because of his passing range, but because he's physically getting close enough to people to rattle them. Mm-hmm. And then when he does win it, he can skip past them because of his technical ability and dynamism. It's yeah. something Kovacic has. And I think we need another profile similar to Kovacic, but a little bit different. So okay. that has other elements. Okay. All right. So again, folks on the profile, you think those Brighton games, combative midfielders, we had that, we, we could have won those games, yeah? Yeah. I think there are some oh. games where we lost it in 15, 20 minutes where we lost control of midfields and give me, it just put give me, un- unnecessary pressure. Give me examples because I, I want, rather than just one or two, I want to establish a pattern because we're, if we're yeah. looking, yeah. because yeah. Everton game as well, with the one we were, we didn't take our chances. But then it was, I remember we gave away a stupid free kick because we were stretched in the midfield and they crossed it. Okay, so I want specifically examples where you think not having the combative midfielders main reason for losing us the game. If Everton counts, it's fine. But also I want you to consider this. Sides that you feel like have the combative midfielders do they suffer the same thing? So have City been stretched in midfield and, you know, conceded because they've been stretched with combative midfielders, if you believe City have combative midfielders? Because essentially, I just want you to identify to me that actually the real issue is combative midfielders. And no, I, no, I, but I don't think that's the only issue. Um, I know, I, I know, no, no, I know. But I'm just talking about the games because essentially I'm going to focus on the problem. So the games where you feel that actually, if we, because if we were to like, We've got a budget. Apparently, we've got 200 million. Yeah. So essentially, I just want, from all of the problems, focus on the problem, trying to identify what is the biggest problem. So if you feel like actually combative, um, the lack of combative midfielders, that lost us this game, that game, that game, that game, that game. Then for me, it's like, okay, cool. That's where we prioritize. That's the biggest issue. So yeah, so that's kind of... So for me, it's the midfielder, the the dynamic combative midfielder, and a wingbacks. Okay. Those are the two positions. But, where we've lost games because of inconsistencies. And, for example, games that, Sa- not Saul, where Rubens started and Rob- Rubens had some games where he's played good, but some games where he had stinkers. What, what are the games that Ruben 
play. So and you're saying that it was a lack of Ruben's combativeness or, yeah, yes, I, or, or his stamina. I think I think Ruben's not good enough to get around the, across across so the ground quickly. So I think when the games, yeah, yeah, I don't think he gets across. Like for example, once he once he gets skipped past, sometimes I see him very lethargic. But he's just a big guy. That's not his profile. It's unfair to ask him to do a role. So we are putting players in positions where they're doing roles that are not second nature to them in that double pivot or double six. What you call it? It's supposed to be a box to box midfield. Everyone's saying LCM. That was his role. So I can't. I don't think you can say you asking him to do the, the box to box role is out of his comfort zone. But I get you. So like you've you've sold an idea of the combative issue. Then so you've already so, um, sold that. For idea me, of the, I, I can throw a name. And it doesn't even have to be him. It's a bassoon. No I like. I'm not even talking about solution at this point. We're just focusing on problems, and we'll get to solutions later because I'm, I'm taking notes. So you said there's a front three issue. You yes. said the combative midfield issue, and then the last one you're saying a wing back. Okay. And why? Why wing back? Why is wing back issue? Because I think we're so heavily dependent on them to create, and not just off a first time cross. I think we need wing backs that are very direct. And can t- take a man on one on one, have the ability. It's something yeah. Reese has added into his game. I think even when Chilwell's fit, he doesn't do it enough for me, that's personally. So, wait, is wing back an issue or is wing back a plus point? Because you said we're heavily dependent on them to create, which means they're doing. I great. think it's an issue. I think you can be dependent on something, but it'd it, it still be a weak point of you. Like we can improve. Um, it's a six out of 10 at this moment in time. Whilst Reese is fantastic, we've been out we're really lacking with the Alonso. Like, uh, we don't attack down the left efficiently and it 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 impacts the rest of the team. Give me so, examples. And Joe, we'll come to you, but like, I'm just letting you spit for a bit. Give me examples of the wing-back games where you feel like, okay, cool. That's, we've lost this game because of, of our poor wing-backs. Multiple games where it's been, when we had Aspilicueta playing right, uh, right back, I think it was off the top of my head, like... You know what? I'm going to research this while you go to Joe. Okay, Joe. All right, Joe. So Alexis has given me his main things that he thinks is what's... Because Tuchel said we're going to hunt. We are going to hunt Liverpool and Man City. We haven't been able to hunt them. So I want from you your perception of just the problem. I don't want to hear about the solution. I want you to tell me the problem and I want you to give me examples of why like games tangible examples of games where you feel like actually that's the reason why we lost or didn't win okay so for me when i've looked at the season i feel like defensively we've been okay for the most part as a unit the center backs have been good james has been good alonso aspi have been hit and miss chilwell started the season off well so for me, I will say the defense isn't really much of an issue. For me, where the real issue is, mm-hmm. is the attack. Mm-hmm. I feel like we just got too many players who, one, either are struggling for consistency mm-hmm. or trying to kind of like build themselves up, kind of build up um, themselves as players because we have a lot of young players. And I feel like, for me, where the biggest issue is, we don't have enough players who know what their roles are in the team or execute it to the best of their ability. For example, when I look at 
the Burnley game this season, at the start of the season, and the Man United game. Mm-hmm. And I'll say both Man United games, just as like off the head quickly, where I feel like we created a decent amount of chances, but our finishing wasn't good enough. Mm-hmm. We got into good positions, created a lot of chances, but when we got in front of goal, we just weren't putting it in the back of the net. And I feel like that's been the theme of our season been the theme of our season it's like everything is good until we get into the final third until we get into attacking positions goal scoring positions that's where everything goes left and I feel for us the biggest issue is we've got too many players Mm -hmm. and a lot of players who play in the same position so it's like a lot of them are fighting for themselves to get into the spot Mm -hmm. and it's like not enough cohesion in our attack as well so I feel like that's what the biggest issue is for me. I feel like our midfield, midfield is fine. We have enough depth when it comes to the players we have as it is and the players that we can bring in from the academy or on loan. So for me, the midfield is not that much of an issue. Jorginho, Kante, all of them, I'm fine with them. With the defence, obviously we are, we're losing like two or three centre-backs. So it's important for us to replace them efficiently but I believe that there's a lot of, there's a lot of good centre-backs out there and we are an attractive club. So I'm not really worried about that being sorted. I feel like when it comes to defence, Tuchel knows what he's doing. Where it gets questionable now is the attack. So for me, it's like this summer, we got to decide who do we want to keep? Who do we feel like we can work with and use to close the gap? And then for the spaces that we have left open, we need to identify the right players that we need that one will gel with the rest of the players in the squad or also be able to bring their own to close the gap to Man City and Liverpool. Okay, 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 okay. So just on the problems you identified, um, you mentioned the attack and I think Alexis, you mentioned the attack too. And essentially a lot of you said, actually, is it Tuchel's fault because... No one's, even though he's like so many different attackers, you feel like there's some onus on the attackers. Once you're given the chance, you have to make it your own, right? Um, but then again, and I mentioned it earlier, I'm looking right now at our 2021, 2020-2021 stats, right? And I'm looking at um, the best goals per shot ratio in our team um, for players that have taken a number of shots. And so we've got Tammy Abraham. He's at like basically one in five. So he scores a goal for every five shots he's had. And then you've got Giroud and he's more like 15%. So 15% of shots he's taken, he's scoring. Um, then the next one down out of the tackle is Kai Havertz, who's at 10 11%. Um, then it's Chilwell at 11% too. So actively, um, Tuchel sold Tammy Abraham and Giroud, right? Two of the players with the best, two of our most potent players in the squad. He obviously brought in Lukaku, so you can argue that one of them has been replaced. But that means that we're heavily dependent. Out of all of the players we had from last season, no one showed themselves to be that clinical um because i'd say clinical you probably be at least more than 10 percent. and so kai maybe a little bit showed it 
and Chilwa a little bit shocked showed it. But really and truly, the true clinical players that we had or like that showed clinicalness was Giroud and Abraham, and both of them were out the door. A hundred million on Lukaku, who he put his thumbs up to, he gave the you know the the, yeah. the seal of approval to, and Lukaku now he's saying he doesn't fit his football. So when you're saying that Tuchel doesn't have the tools, my question is, whose fault is that? That's a good question because I agree with you, by the way, on that. Um, when you're a manager of a club, you're not always going to have green light or red light over transfers. And even if you say no and the board go and sign it, in a way, it's your responsibility to make that work. Because sadly, that's just the environment he's working in where he's going to have tools that he has to work with. It's a hundred million pound tool. Mm -hmm. And my problem here is now, Lukaku and Saul were both his signings. Yeah. Neither one, in my opinion, we can say was a success, right? Because Saul played four Premier League games. Right. So the issue now arises, would Tammy and Giroud have done better would we than Lukaku did in this season? Because Lukaku did get 15 goals and whatever. I think it would have been a very similar season from them as well to what Lukaku had. So, it's the style of play. It's it's we're not as fluid. We're not uh, we don't press as hard. We sacrifice a lot by having that kind of conventional number nine. But in essence, that conventional number nine does bring you the better productivity in front of goal. So it's what what are you willing to give up? So so I'm looking at I looked at last season stats. I'm looking at this season stats, and Lukaku is close to twenty percent, seventeen percent. So obviously Tammy was uh, nineteen last season. And it's a little bit more than Giroud. But in general, we've got a lot more players and we're looking at improvements. So, but this season, we've got a lot more players with more than double digits. Um, so Pulisic has 20%. Um, again, Chihuahua didn't play that much, so I'm not going to count him. So Chihuahua, 21%. I right, so Pulisic, 21%. Lukaku, 17%. Then we've got Reese James at 14 Kai Havard at 14 Mount at 13 so, so that's a little bit better. But essentially, when it comes down to it, the reason why I talk about it, and I know the front freeze issue, and to be fair, Tuchel himself, he came out and said it. He said he identified it. And it's interesting where all the links are saying, actually, we're going to spend all the money on the defence. Actually, I always try to listen to what Tuchel says because there's so much noise. So much noise. I remember um, that this last, the summer where we bought like six players and it was Werner, it was Havertz, et cetera, et cetera. There was talk of Sancho. There was talk of... Um, Dembele, I'm talking about the, the Leon Dembele. Um, there was talk of all of these players and hardly any of them came. And so, like, the noise, I just don't focus on the noise. No one, no, there was no noise around Mendy. There was no noise around Thiago Silva. All right. So, there, like, there was, all the noise was out around, oh, we want two players, Rice. I, and then I do think you're right, by the way, with that. And I think journalists exploit it. For example, yeah. we live in a social media era, right? Mentioned. And yeah, we all actively, I think the big accounts, people with platforms, they give throw out ideas, right? We'll be like, oh, I want X. Mm -hmm. And then people will read, oh, X is actually a good signing. And then traction builds up. And then journalists just, maybe they have someone saying, oh, Chelsea looked at this player. Like yeah. just a throwaway comment. And all of a sudden it just builds up steam to the point where we start convincing ourselves something's going on where it's really not. Yeah. And they've listened. Chelsea will always kind of be looking at loads of different players. So maybe Chelsea is looking at them. Uh, but the, the thing is, what I wanted to say is, um, what did I want to say? 
Um, yeah, so essentially with the attack, it's two calls fault, I think, because really and truly, he set up the attack. He wanted to rely on Kai Havertz, and Kai Havertz is an interesting one because Kai Havertz didn't play as a striker for consecutive games at Chelsea until Tuchel came in. Tuchel was the one that said that he watched him at Leverkusen and he saw him as a striker. And one of the reasons why he kind of decided to demote Tammy is because he liked the idea of Kai Havertz, the striker. And so you go into the season with the project, Kai Havertz, as a striker, and obviously 100 million Lukaku as another striker. Obviously, we've got Werner too, but we already know from last season, we can't rely on Werner's goals, right? And so to close the gap, we don't have shooters. We don't have shooters. The only shooter that we could have potentially had was this guy, Lukaku, and it doesn't work. And so I, I agree with you. I'm just saying that I agree with you that attack is an issue. And there may be more reasons. People might say creative or whatever, but attack is an issue. Coming to the next one, um, too many players, I'm going to agree with you as well. When, when, when you don't have... Because we don't have strikers, he's going to continually start looking for a solution. The way that I see it is this. On this podcast, you would have heard me um, last season when there was like, we was linked to Lukaku. I said that I'd prefer Lautaro. And the reason why I prefer Lautaro is because Lukaku and Lautaro, I thought they made a good partnership. And the reason why is because I think I've said it a few times. If you want to look at the top goal scorers in the league, they all shoot loads. And Lukaku doesn't shoot loads, but Lautaro does. So I think they were a good mix because as much as Lautaro shoots loads, his conversion's not there. Lukaku doesn't shoot that much. And he said it himself when he came. In Italy, I was starved for chances. So when I got those chances, I had to make the most of it. He has good conversion. So I think that was a good yin and yang. You know, Lautaro, small, agile, Lukaku, big. Lukaku, uh, Lautaro popping off shots. Lukaku, not necessarily... Different propositions that defenders had to get used to. One strong, one small and diminutive. But then when I look at Kai Havertz and Lukaku, and I think the idea was Kai was Lukaku's Lautaro. But when I look at them, both of them, they're not shot poppers. So when it comes down to it, look at people like Rooney before. Um, Rooney's a great example. The reason why I talk about Rooney is Rooney is someone that likes to come back and play. And the England manager and even... I think it was Ferguson at the same time was saying, no, we want you up front to score goals. And Rooney talked about there's two seasons where I think he just stayed in the box and he scored a shitload of goals. But he didn't enjoy that. He's the type of person that likes to come back deeper. We have it as your Chelsea fans with Eden Hazard. A lot of them were saying, you're coming too deep. We want you to score 20 goals a season. Just stay up top. But these type of players like to come and be part of the game and when you're not always in the box you're not going to score as much so the reason why I say that is Kai Havertz even when he's up front he's a bit everywhere so really and truly we can't expect him to even going into the next season a lot of people still have this hope and we was doing it with Hazard for like five seasons maybe if he just had this then he'll get 20 goals but with Kai Havertz the thing is because he likes to play everywhere he's not always going to be in the box therefore he's not going to score that many goals now Kane just quickly wrapping up on this Kane, again, he likes to come deeper, but the difference between a Kane and a Kai Havertz is Kane pops off shots. Regardless of whether he comes deeper to, to touch the ball, Kane will pop off shots. You go to FPF or wherever you want and you want to look at all the people that um, uh, scores those goals, they pop off shots and Kane can pop up from distance and Kane will find a way to pop off shots. 
Kane pops off shots. Uh, Kai Havertz doesn't. Kane is greedy. K- Kane, I can't remember what they said, but there was a whole kind of little thing about he'd do something to his like he would sacrifice his daughter or something. I can't remember where it was to score a goal. Kai Havertz isn't like that. And so when we look at our profiles of attackers, really and truly, I'm talking about real strikers, and our, the striker profiles we have is maybe Werner, I don't count him, but Kai Havertz and Lukaku. Kai Havertz isn't really like a, a greedy, I want to be the golden boot guy. Like Mane and Salah are fighting to be the golden boot, even in their own team. Yeah. Kai Havertz doesn't have that. And plus he's coming back. So I don't think he's someone that we can rely on for goals. Lukaku, um, again, I just think even if you look at Matt Inter, he wasn't popping off that many shots, really and truly. Maybe he, he can kind of fit in and score, but but whatever. I feel like we are lacking the profile of play, strikers, because I know that Mount kind of has it, but Mount is more like a midfielder. But strikers who have Mount's energy, I want to be top goal scorer. I'll do anything to score a goal, etc. So that's why I think we're, we're, we're lacking. And I agree that the attack has issues, and there's many, but I definitely think we, we lack those players that are greedy, but also good finishers. Do you think um, Havertz... So I think that in when Havertz retires, the highest Premier like league season return in the Premier League he'll have is 14. I don't, because I don't see him being consistent in front of goal with his finishing unless something changes. And I don't think he's a pure striker of the ball. So you know when you mentioned Kane? Yeah. When Kane takes a shot, there's certain like technique to it. I don't see Havertz is very finesse. Yes. I, He's I, not there's no lashing the ball for the sake of lashing. Like Bashwai used to just shoot from anywhere. Right. And that's why that's why we both appreciate because the profile I'm talking about is that player that off of either um foot, they they will find a way to shoot, even with minimal space. And players that are greedy, and I know that we I think we've chased out greedy players. We called Salah greedy, not good enough. He's greedy. He's not, his finishing is bad. And I feel like the finishing is bad. I'll get to that. But we chased off Sturridge and Batshuayi. And these players are like more like the, the greedy type of players. Apparently, we don't like that. We don't like if our strikers are greedy. But in, in regards to Kai Havertz, I think Kai Havertz, for a good while of the season, don't forget I'm a Chelsea fan, so I didn't really want to blow up the spot. But a lot of these goals were headers. And yeah. save the mm-hmm. same happened with Morata, where he was scoring goals, but they were just headers. So for a while, it's like you still haven't scored with your feet in the Premier League anyway. Now, obviously, in Europe, in Europe or wherever, I was about to say Europa, but in Europe or wherever, there's a bit more space. And so I feel like he was getting a bit more chances. I think another thing is, don't forget, at Bayer Leverkusen, they played him with a striker. I think his superpower is ghosting into positions. But you can't ghost if you're the main threat. <laughs> like, you're the main threat. You're going to be followed. And so even when he started to score his feet, I think those games, it helped that Lukaku started to come on. And there was two strikers on the pitch that kind of helped him ghost. But I, if you're asking me, can he score more than 14? First and foremost, I don't think he started that many games this season. So this this season, let's see, um, he has... Eight league goals in 29 games, but I don't know how many he started. When he starts, he started 20, like, Around 20, he's been on like the 29 doesn't matter. It's been about so that's really and truly in about 29, he's got eight. And don't forget, it's a 38 game season. Most players don't play 38, but that's almost like one in two ish, right? Now, the problem is because, like, going into next season, if we stay with Lukaku and Kai, 
I think with Lukaku, Lukaku, um, his all-round game will never be good enough for Tuchel. That will frustrate him. So when Lukaku's playing and his all-round game's frustrating, plus because Lukaku goes through goal droughts, we, we know that from even Manchester United, Lukaku can score, but he also can go through goal droughts. So when your all-round game's not there and you're going through a goal drought, Tuchel's going to get frustrated and he's going to want to give Kai a chance. Now with Kai, Kai, at least, you can always count on Kai to do the all-round running around. But at the same time, Kai will go through droughts because of what I just explained before. He likes to come deep. He's not always in the box. Like you said before, he's not someone that pops off shots. He's not greedy. He's not trying to be main shooter. So then we start noticing that, okay, Kai can contribute with some goals, but can he be relied on for goals? And I feel like we'll continue to cycle unless we bring in that profile of someone that can fill it. Now, the, the, what I'd say is this. We make out like a whole attack is trash. That's not true. They're not trash. They're not trash. But the reason why it feels like they're trash is because they're, a lot of them are supposed to be supporting cast. But when there's no main character, there's no story. And so we don't have the story. Therefore, we're looking at it and it looks like everything's trash. But what it is is that we don't have the right main people that can carry the attack in place. And that's where everyone looks trash. Um, okay, cool. Joe. I want to come to you just quickly because we're going to move into the midfield because that was what you said the next problem was, Alexis. Anything else on the attack before we move on? Problem-wise? Well, for me, I just think that we need to figure out exactly who we want of, like, because the way I look at it, we had Kai, and you mentioned it. He wasn't really playing as a striker that much until Tuchel came. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it kind of looked okay. He found his groove. He started to look comf- more comfortable there. He was liking the idea of being up front. Then we go and get another striker who is left-footed just like him, who, can, who likes to play off the right as well. So it's kind of like, for the most part, they can't really play together as much as Tuka tried to force it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like going forward, like, the more like the most important thing is that we've got to actually have faith in the players that we're investing in and we've got to decide whether or not like we we really believe in them because it's like you can't say you like Kai, Kai Havis is your project striker and then you buy another striker that's going to play in his position especially right. one that's not cohesive with him so right. for me, the most important thing is that we got to make sure that we have cohesion and players that know their roles. Cool. That's just we're, it. We're, we're, we're focusing on the problems. We'll get to the solutions. We're focusing because uh, we're going to talk about the problems. And when we agree on the problems, we've all agreed the attacks a problem. We've agreed why, right? So this midfield one, Alexis, you painted the picture. I just want to know from you, Joe. You say you don't have an issue even after Alexis told you about the Brighton games where we got bossed off the pitch from Basuma, um, don't you think that's an issue? Don't you think it's an issue that phys- physically, sometimes it's going to be a physical battle? Do we have those tools in midfield? Yeah, I believe we have the tools. We have Kovacic, we have Kante, we have Ruben Loftus-Cheek. And I hear some of what Alexis was saying with certain moments where we've maybe not been the most sturdy in midfield. And I can't really remember games off my head right now because the season's over. But mm-hmm. for the most part, I feel like when we walk away from games, 
a lot of times the midfield is the best part of our performance. Yeah. So for me, I don't really look at the midfield as an issue. Okay. I feel like the only issue is is making sure that we retain the players that we have there already. Okay. Okay. So, so I, I kind of want us to get consensus. So Alexis, we're going to have to come back to you in the midfield. There's always going to be games like you can have a great defence and I can always point to, oh, this game when the defence set us down. Always going to be a great goalkeeper, but you can point to this game where this the goalkeeper let us down. Do you feel like really and truly it's a common theme throughout the season that we lost because we got out-muscled in midfield? I don't think it's only out muscle. I think so. Kante, I just looked it up. Kante started 21 games this year. He's played 26 in the Premier League, right? Kovacic, I haven't looked up his stats, but we know he's been injured here and there. Jorginho injuries caught up. And we had periods where we've burnt them out as well. And maybe that could be a factor too where we went on bad runs because mm-hmm. it ended up being Jorginho plays three games in seven days mm-hmm. and is asked to do a bigger role. So all this accumulates and then Ruben played a much bigger role than I anticipated at first. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I didn't think he would play more than five Premier League games, but mm-hmm. he did definitely. So I one, I think a refresh is nice. Bring some fresh competition. Just a what. And two, I do think we need – it's an issue. I, I, I need someone who I can count to play 30 games Yes, and is robust. Okay. I, ne- I okay. need that. that. That's a tangible goal, okay. like Alex, quanti- quantifiable. Alexis, this is, why, this is why it's good to discuss it. So is the issue the stamina, et cetera, but, or is it you, we need more midfielders? Or is it that we need more midfielders that are robust? I remember there was a time when – um, we were playing West Ham and Tuchel was talking about um, Rice and he did say availability and I could see he was almost yearning for it because of our midfield issues. We haven't always had players that are available. Jorginho's been playing with an injury. There's been times Ruben lost his cheek. It's your time to shine, but actually you can't play because you're injured. So is it, is it less that actually we don't have good profiles and is it more just we don't have enough players in midfield apart from Jorginho that we can count on to be fit. Combination of both. I, I genuinely think is a, I put it this way. Everyone's hundred percent fit. Kante, Jorginho, beautiful midfield. Mm-hmm. But now they get into an age where you have to manage him. Like you, you can't depend on Kante for 35 league games. It's 21 is going to be the best we're going to get in my opinion. Starts. Okay. So right. you need okay. an, you need a replacement that does has sim not similar le- level of stamina and covering ground to him because it's a, it's near impossible, right? Kante is one of a kind. Alexis, Alexis, I hear you, and I just want to bounce back to Joe. So, Joe, do you at least accept that there's been times we've struggled to put out a midfield this season, and that maybe we need some more bodies in midfield? Um, I do believe we need more bodies in midfield in the sense of rotational options, players that can yeah. come in to fill in. But for me, the way I look at it, kind of like looking back just vaguely of the season, I feel like obviously Kante, we know what it is with him now. Like managers have overplayed him. Mm-hmm. Even Tuchel to himself at moments has maybe 
rushed him back too quick or thrown him in when he shouldn't have. And we know we need to manage him. Jorginho, we don't really have a direct backup for him. That's what Saul was meant to be, but clearly that didn't really work out. Ruben, he's been trying to like groom and coach Ruben into being a bit of a backup for Jorginho at times. We see him normally when he comes in with either Kovacic or Kante. He's normally the deeper sitting midfielder if Jorginho isn't there. So for me, I believe that an issue where something really where we kind of did mess up this season was not rotating enough at the start of the season. I feel like Tuku could have maybe like used Ruben a bit more. And obviously with bringing in Sal, which was his choice, he should have that obviously Sal didn't work out. So it's like that's meant to be another person that'll be a buddy to come in where we need to rest players. But because his level wasn't what we needed, he couldn't come in as much because it would be a risk. So for me, going into next season, I do believe we need some that's more bodies. That's solution. But so again, yeah. the problem is so you we agree that at least we probably need something midfield. That's all I wanted to get. We've got consensus. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Alexis, I agree. We need something more midfield, Joe. Whether it's a Gallagher returning or whatever, you say we need. To, I will get to the solutions later. I know you guys are really solution oriented, which is good. You're gonna save the world that way. But we just want <laughs> just wanted to focus Come on. on. Finally, wing back. Alexis already kind of painted it to us. Wing back, Joe. Uh, do we have a wing back issue? Yes and no. I feel like at right wing back, obviously James is there and he's healthy. So for the most part, we're good there. But on the left, Chilwell, we can't really expect much from him going into next season because he's missed the whole season. He came back at the last game of the season, like on the bench and all of that. But if we're going to be realistic, wing back is a very demanding position. And especially the way Tuku likes to use them, they're very active up and down the pitch, going inside out, like they're very important to our play. Mm -hmm. So on the left side, I do believe we need to figure out how we want to go about the season. Because I believe that we need a backup right right wing back for James. The solutions, right? I want to I want to focus on what is the problem with the back? Why I feel like we just we we need a bit more depth and the depth needs to be of better quality. We don't yeah, need yeah. them to both be starters, but when we need the drop off so or whoever's issue? coming. What is the issue? What are we not getting the issue the, the issue, issue is yeah the issue no position. and the issue is availability again restarted 22 games and came off the bench four times. There were instances where Aspie filled the position and out, out of necessity because Tuchel de- deemed the position too demanding for Reese to play, so he would have to go into right centre-back. Mm-hmm. That was towards the end of the season. So mm-hmm. the issue is we don't have adequate cover to produce the role to a level that Tuchel believes would win us games. But we can only so the issue is more the cover then, basically, if you think about well, it. We can only we can only get the right solutions if we identify the right problems. So yeah. you say that cover's an issue, but we had cover. But then adequate cover is a bit more truth. And I want to know what is ad- what, what is the issue? What problems did Aspie present when Aspie came in and... He, he couldn't fulfill what James... it's the, his on ball ability and comfortable 
comfortableness in the final third. Hey, now we're getting somewhere. And so. his decision making. And I think this is where that's the root of what I was trying to say, where the wing backs let us down. Yes. Reese makes consistent um five out of ten times Reese will make the right decision in the final third with a pass, whether it's the weight of pass, whether it's whether to take the right person on. Aspie due to father time and lack of technical ability in the final third lacks it. And I can't ask him to do something. He's not he's not a wing back, he's a right back, but he's right. been asked to do a role. And that's where the profile needs to be better. Okay, now I think we're getting somewhere. Now I think we're getting somewhere. Don't piss me off. This is what this is a, a nugget that I think you've just said. Don't forget, most of our wing backs were actually bought as fullbacks. And what you did you just say there? They're not he's not a wing back, he's a fullback. So we've built a squad actually for a 4-3-3, not for a 3-4-3. If we were buying wing backs, would we have bought a player of Aspie's profile? No. But a player of Aspie's profile is playing um, wing back. So that's an issue. Um, what about Alonso? What no. do you like when you see Alonso playing, if, if you don't like him seeing him I don't like his natural physical attributes. I don't think Alonso is a good ball carrier. I don't think he's explosive enough to create something for himself. Yeah. Where, where I don't think he's... T- People say he's technically sound. I don't think so. I just think he's very good at naturally striking the ball. So people associate that with being technically sound. But I don't think he's good in tight areas at passing. Um, I think he takes too long to release the ball or make a decision. So it's the same issues as Aspie. But the only difference is he's got a nicer cross. And he pops in with more consistent goals due to his striking ability. All right. He's got a bit more youth on his side. Yeah. All right, and Joe, do you concur? Do you agree with me? I don't find okay. All right, it's all 100%. Spot on. Spot on. All right. Yeah, spot on. Sorry for the interruption. So we've at least got from both of you consensus of three big issues. The consensus is that our attack is... There's not the tools there to make a, a good attack, right? A good front three. The midfield, yeah. there's not enough availability. Like, we... Alexis, you think there's a bit more, a bit different? You don't completely agree, but you definitely agree with there's, there wasn't enough bodies there. Um, yeah. Robust. And then finally, wing-backs, and you both agree that um, our options, we lacked technical ability, good decision-making, explosiveness, and all of that, right? Those are, those are three good areas I think that we can, we can agree. So... Now you guys were wanted to do solutions all the way through. You can do it solutions as players. Um, you can do it as just profiles or whatever. But we'll start with you, Alexis. What would you do with the attack? For me, I would proceed with Kai Havertz false nine. I would try to offload Lukaku mm-hmm. only because I think it just creates an additional hassle where you have to give him game time. You take Kai out. I want Kai playing 30 Premier League games, mm-hmm. starting. And around him, the profile I want is a Pedro Neto type. Someone willing to run in behind. Pedro, remember what we had with Pedro, where Pedro was always stretching, but at the same time, the minute he gets a sight on goal, if he's in and around the box, he's taking the shot. Mm-hmm. I think Kai would flourish in that system. I think the two individuals around him would 
get the space because of the attention Kai would receive from the center backs and almost taking him into no man's land. So I think we need a creative forward and we need a forward that will run in behind. Who's so basically, the, who's the sorry. Forward? Who is the creative forward in your... So far, you've mentioned two players. You've got Kai Havertz and you've got Neto. Neto, yeah. So the creative one, it's hard because I like a Dybala profile, but I don't like Dybala. Okay. Because it, the, the availability, once again, with Dybala and the additional circumstances that come with him. That's fine. But, so I would like that profile. Maybe a Joao Felix, but that's a pipe dream. Like Okay, it's, it's fine. But then, so so far you've mentioned Pedro Neto, Kai Havertz. Is, is that mean that Mason Mount's not playing or is that mid- moving him into midfield? I don't like... So this is a difficult thing with Mount. I think Mount's had a great season productivity-wise and... At the start of the season, I actually actively said, give me 10 assists, 10 goals in all comps, mm-hmm. and I'll, I'll be over the moon. Mm-hmm. And he delivered that, so I can't be too critical. Mm-hmm. But I still don't feel like he's a full forward front free player. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like we're not using... It's once again, it's putting squares in round pegs. Okay, okay. But 3 for 3 do you believe, in your hearts of hearts, if you have to bet, and we was playing one formation next season out of the three. We're going with four, three, four, three. We're gonna go with that. Okay, uh, right. it's what so, the evidence says. So, so let's stick with three, four, three. Um, and so what you know of everything of Chelsea, so you know that Mount, Mount starts. Mount starts. Okay. From what we know, Mount is okay. a guaranteed starter, okay. and sure. we'll be lucky to get a Pedro Neto type. All right. Okay. So, but so let's say that we have to work around the constraints that Mount starts. So if you're gonna build this front three and Mount is starting. What do you do? You're going to have... Sad thing is, is Kai, Kai needs to step up drastically and that other forward, they're going to... They're both going to have to step up because of Mount. Mount starts, but I don't think he should. That that This is the annoying thing. I think overall, the team gets imp- hindered. Impeded. And this is this with, is where the problem is. I, I don't have the solution. We've, we've, we've established another problem. I'm putting that on your problem list. I'm just going to say, Alexis has a problem with Mount. Okay, uh, yeah, all right. Let title, me take the day. Title of the pod. Title of the pod. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, I'm going to let you think of that. Joe, whilst Alexis, you, you think of your front three with Mount in it. Joe, if you believe that Mount, uh, if you believe that we're playing a 3 4 3 next season and you have to bet on it and we're playing a 3 4 3, then give me your front three. And again, it has to be realistic. So, given everything you know about Chelsea, Mount is. 30 in the team so what would you do knowing that Mount is 30 and he's like literally the only person that's 30 in the front three right now so how would you construct the attack well if Mount is playing now we're playing in a 3-4-3 which I do believe I don't see any reason why Mount's game time is going to go down unless his performances weren't that yeah so He's going to be on the left. We don't want him anywhere else other than the left mainly. So he on the left, Kai Havertz, false nine. And personally, ideally, I would like a player like Dembele, Dembele to play right wing. And I believe that's realistic for us because at the moment, we don't. he doesn't know where he, he's going to end up. I in that, Joe. But Joe, I don't, and Alexis, I'm going to come back to you and the same applies to you. I don't want realistic. We've just talked about the problems and I'll go around the problem again in terms of uh, front three, 
there's no one that can really establish themselves as no one steps up when he gives them there. Um, so no, Tuchel can't be confident with a front three. And part of the reason is because no one steps up. Um, so he's forced to rotate. And we, we spoke about the goal issue. And then you've just said Mount, who the most he's got in season is this season. Havertz, who, um, apart from Bundesliga, which we won't count, he has, I think, what, four goals in his first season and then eight goals this season. And then Dembele, who, again, like since he's come back, he's got a gang of assists, but no goals. So you've just constructed an attack that isn't a sh- a sh- like hasn't really got a good shooting profile there, in my opinion. But if you're comfortable with that, that's fine. But would you say that if we had Mount Havertz and Dembele starting most games, we'll finish the season and we won't be complaining about attack next season? Would that would that front three even get 35 goals amongst them? I don't think so. No, so we'll come back to you because Alexis is just shit on your attack. So Alexis, and I don't even mean that in a horrible way. Like <laughs> I, I was just thinking, <laughs> but you better come back with it. We're doing solution time. You guys want to do solution time from the beginning of the podcast. Now it's time to do solutions, and you're you're scrambling. Yeah, because I don't get paid ten million, ten million a year to to come up with these <laughs> solutions. Sadly, but I don't know. I'm putting you. I didn't give you time to prepare, but I'm going to come back to you, Alexis. Well, you're going to build it around Mount. You, we've discussed the problem ad nauseum. So we've discussed the problems. You know the, what we have to try and solutionize for. What are you going to yeah. do? I go out and I try to get a shoot first winger. Shoot at, first winger. Yeah. And you go with the Kai Havertz mount and shoot first winger. Shoot first winger. Give me examples of shoot first wingers. I like uh, Pedro Neto is my favorite one because he's both footed. He's got the ability to carry the ball. Um, and, and Cuckoo's at what, one, but I'm still not confident about right, him in tight areas. Let's stick with Pedro Neto because that seems to be the name you keep bringing up. Yeah, so, it's the one I've liked for a while. Right. So if we have Mount Havertz and Pedro Neto, yeah, uh, get a bit of feedback. If we have them, <laughs> I feel like I'm competing myself. If okay, cool. If we have them as our front three. Do you think we end the season again complaining about our attack? I don't think so. Um, I think Pedro Neto's got the capabilities of getting 15 in the league. What has he done? What has he done before? But it's the profile. Like it's it's like a Jota though. Okay. Okay. When when we saw Jota originally, I think he was getting six or seven, and then you put him in a team that's more creative and not like Wolves. Because we do generate chances. We are, we're a high-frequency team. Where, and we, we fluster those chances on, on a lot of occasions. But then we do have, we have one or two games where we don't create anything. So I think he would flourish in those opportunities. Okay. So it's interesting, though, because both of you come to the... I think, oh, go on mute. I think it's you, but we'll see. Um, I think, yeah, good. Both of you have come to the conclusion that attack-wise anyway, what you would do is have Mount and Havertz and then one other. Alexis has gone for Pedro Neto um, and then Joe's gone for Dembele. But Alexis, you didn't believe that the Dembele attack would do it, but you believe that Pedro Neto would do it. Yeah? You think Pedro Neto is better than Dembele? I think Pedro Neto is a better finisher than Dembele. I think Dembele's got the... He's very flustered in front of goal. Um, from what I've seen of him, and I, I've got some certain moments in my hand engraved of Dembele. So, for example, I think 
the Barcelona one where they're 3-0 up against Liverpool. Mm-hmm. Messi gives it to him and it's like Dembele finish it. It's calm. There's no pressure. Mm-hmm. He skies it over. Yeah. We have all the time in the world. And it's something that I've seen in his game mm-hmm. from a very young age where he's not a natural finisher. But you look at a Pedro yeah. Neto, he's a lasher of the ball. Like he'll get there and yeah. he's he's aiming for corners with power. Okay. And I all think right. that's needed. All right, all right. Listen, you made your case. I'm not here to judge. I'm letting you giving you the platform to you know say your views and the audience are listening and they're gonna decide. Some of you have shit opinions, they're gonna like other opinions. Hey, they're know. gonna kill me because then Bele cost 120 million compared. They're just gonna look at the price tag. I mean, listen, I don't care what people say in the moment. The future will tell us who's right, all right? And it's documented, it's on the podcast. I don't know what number it is, but we'll come back to it in, in the future. All right, cool. First, the attack, we've solutionized for it. We described the problems, we went into solutions. The next to the midfield, we said, actually, having availability, having midfielders that are available, and, and then obviously, Alexis, you can kind of get creative and say, actually, you need combative. I know your solution is already going to be Basuma. Um, but I might push you and say, if not Basuma, who? No, no, there's other players. Okay, cool. Oh. Okay, cool. So Alexis, so what your what would you do to solve the midfield issue that you described? So, oh, for me, it was someone that can get around the pitch very well, mm-hmm. but at the same time has the natural at- attributes to be secure. Uh, an eight, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Renato Sanchez type. Okay. When we played against them, I loved his audacity to go short, pick up the ball, but at the same time, he had the PMP about him to get around the pitch. He had the alpha. I think that's another thing. You weren't a, were a black midfielder. No, it's not, oh. it's not that, okay. right? Because Barella, I would accept Barella as well, oh, okay? okay? Okay, I, I would, I would love a Barella or maybe even a Sensi. Okay, cool. Black or Italian, it's cool. Continue. Okay, Olive Skin midfielder. <laughs> Someone like <laughs> me bearded nice up. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, continue. So, so someone a bit battle hardy. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. A bit. A bit of Calvin Phillips. Okay, and then someone that it can be available to because we said that was yeah. the problem, right? Yeah, and that's the that's the staggering point where we break on Renato Sanchez. Okay. All right. Cool. Um, and so your 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 top three targets that fit these um things available battle hardy. And so, like, also feasible. Yeah. So, Shuman is gone. So, we'll ignore him. Mm-hmm. I love the profile of Basuma, 30 million pounds. Mm-hmm. So, then there's Renato Sanchez, Barella, go to Inter. They still have financial problems. They still have the same takeover issues. Try to get Barella out of there. Mm-hmm. I, I, um, he works on me. Uh, Barella, Barella would be the dream. Like, if we get Barella, I'll be so confident going into games next year. Barella, interesting. So you've put Barella and you've put uh, Basuma. Yeah. No, Renato Sanchez is not available. So yeah, yeah, Renato Sanchez. It's you're bringing in a problem that could potentially just blow up in your face first game. I'm saying that's why we discussed on the first half the problems because we don't want to bring in no more problems. Uh, Joe, because this is what we did last time with Lukaku. We knew that you know sometimes we need we need energy up top and we needed people that can shoot and we just brought in more problems. That's why on this podcast, I wanted to focus on the 99 problem so we can just, you know, make sure we don't bring in more. All right, Joe, um, you spoke about actually not minding the midfield, but you did kind of concede saying that actually uh, we probably need more bodies. Now, I think you kind of solutionized, even though I didn't tell you to, and you said that actually 
you think that we can solve it by bringing the loan players back. But I'm not leading you into our answer. I'm just dropping some gems, right? Now it's up to you. What would you do to solutionize with the midfield issue? To be honest, it's even funny because I was thinking about it as I was listening to Alexis speak and it just reminded me of the Patreon episode we did together. Mm-hmm. And it's like the, one of the players we spoke about was Conor Gallagher. Okay. And as we've seen with this season, he's had a good season at Crystal Palace. He is someone that likes to get about the pitch. He's got a lot of energy. He's got yeah. availability. Yeah. And he's someone that tactically you can move him around the pitch. You yeah. can give him a role to do and you can do yeah. it. So yeah. for me, he's someone I would bring in yeah. because we don't have to spend no money on him. He's yeah, someone I, that's from the academy yes. who will die for the badge. Die but he's badge. also got the ability to play football, but not just bringing it in yes. because it's charity or sentiment. It's because hey, he's actually hey, earned it. Shots so he's a, okay. he's, a, he's a player I would bring in yeah. because I feel like he's someone that we, he doesn't need to play every single game. Yeah. But when you throw him in, he's going to really give you something. Yeah. And with the players we have above him, with um, Ruben, with yeah. Kante, with Kovacic, right. with Jorginho, yeah. my main thing would be to keep them, yeah. bring in a Gallagher, right. maybe an Ampadu or a Gilmore if we can't get too many. Right. I feel like if we can ideally say this is a player who's out there that we want right now, mm-hmm. I would bring, it back, bring back two of Gallagher, Ampadu and Gilmore. Okay. Let them All right. be backups and then let them develop. And then when we it comes it. to the point where we want to move on Jorginho and Kante, then maybe we can look at buying players in. Okay. So that's what I would do with midfield. All right, perfect. And this is set up nicely. And this is why we should focus on the problem first. Because now, from what Joe has just said, Alexis, he, has he answered the problem? Does, from what we said about availability, someone that can get around with energy, someone that, you know, battle-hardy. Isn't that Conor Gallagher? Yeah, um, Gallagher's actually a good option. Yeah. Um, I do want to... So, the limited... Not limited. I've seen five, six games, mm-hmm. like 90-minute games plus highlights of him on a regular basis mm-hmm. for Palace. Mm-hmm. He looks good. And I like him in front of goal. I like that he shoots. Yeah. It's something that we lack in our midfield. Yeah. Okay. Um, his... His energy is amazing. Um, and I think that sort of stuff is contagious. So he'll get the rest of the teams. And my question is, when Connor comes into this team, where does he rank out of our five midfielders? Listen, so, for, listen. like, where would he play? Like, will he play enough? Listen, listen, that's another podcast. <laughs> we've, we've, we'll, we'll get into that. We've still got one more to do. But I think at least we agree on... So, like, you might have... Alexis, you might say, okay, I like Conor Gallagher, but actually I like Basuma better or I like Barella better. So if we can get them, we can get them. But at the same time, you do feel like Gallagher answers some of the problems we've had this season, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, he does. That's fine then. That's fine. All right, cool. We're getting somewhere. So the last problem that we identified as a group was the wing-back issue, okay? And we spoke about the problem. So keep the problems in mind when we're thinking about the solution. Joe, we're going to come to you first. What would you do with our wing-back issue? So when we look at right wing-back, we've got Reese James there. Obviously, we have an option of bringing back Livermento in a couple of seasons. So for now, what I would do personally, and I think this is... I've, 
this is something I've had with me from preseason, and I've also seen obviously the recent reports. But I would have brought back Dujon Sterling as a backup, okay. and then when we look at the left wing back position, that's where it gets a bit tricky because we could go with the safe option and bring back Emerson. Mm-hmm. Or we could go out into the market and find someone like a Costage or a Cucurella mm-hmm. who could come in at left wing back. Mm-hmm. So it's with with the wing backs it's a bit tricky because I'm not sure of all the best profiles that are out there. Mm-hmm. But for me, it's about finding someone that can fill in, mm-hmm. that doesn't drop in levels and can be there long term. Obviously, we got Ian Matson, but I'm not sure what's going on with him. He's someone that I would like to see be thrown in there, but at the same time, you've got to be realistic. Yeah. So it's just about finding someone that can cover for Ben Chilwell and maybe he start the season off as a backup coming in, getting little minutes here and there, while the left back we bring in, left wing back that we bring in, fills in for him. All right. So, so that's well, how, well, that's what that's my thinking when it comes well, to wing backs. Give me a name for your solution. I know you say you don't know loads of different pro- like profile, but just give me a name that suits that that can be a left wing back that comes in that is a backup for Chilwell. That is also all of the kind of things in terms of explosive etc. That we discussed. So who, I, who's I like Cucurella from Brighton. Obviously, I'm seeing stuff about City liking him too. Oh, but at the same time, what Chelsea we have, I, we I, can we can bring in whoever we want. So Cucurella is a player that I like. And you see, and you see, Cucurella being a backup for Chilwell. That's that's what, like at this point now, linked with City, and you're saying, "Hey, Cuckoo, uh, come come be a backup for uh, Chilwell, Cuckoo." I think he's better than Chilwell. Yeah, because if if he comes to if he goes to Man City, that it's not guaranteed that he's going to be a starter too. We uh, saw if that. City with... are saying come start for us because I don't know. Maybe they're not saying come start for us. Who's their left back? They got Zinchenko and they have right. so they, they just have Zinchenko at the moment. Right. So it looks like they'd probably play him over Zinchenko now. So because Cuckoo's out. You never know with Pep. That's the thing. He's very unpredictable. I get, it, but I get, it, but all right, cool. We'll leave that there. Alexis, you kind of said something. You said that actually you'd start Cuckoo over Chihuahua, right? Yeah, um over Chihuahua, yeah, not sure. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, but, yeah, but yeah. with like who's your what would you do with the wing back situation for, to solutionize? So for me, I I like the Liveramento um idea. And if Chelsea are planning ahead, that's something I would buy in. Mm-hmm. I think Sterling one's a safe one. Uh, I think it works. So we've been linked with Sir Junior Dest, and part of the reason that we've been linked with him is because he can play both positions. Mm-hmm. And I I do find that very attractive in having uh, wing back that could do both roles, so he's he's good with his left foot and he's good with his right foot. I think it just gives us another dynamic of the cutting in, and that we were linked with Perisic. Whilst I don't like the age profile of the individual, mm-hmm. I do think once I started listening to more people, you know, when you you get your initial thought and then you start seeing like talking to people yeah. and they sell you on the idea. He mm-hmm. he's coming across, but for me, you know, Atletico Madrid's left wing Lodi yeah Yeah. I like him I think he's he's decent defensively Mm -hmm. so he's a good left wing back but he goes forward he can take a man on good cross good strike Mm -hmm. comfortable on the ball especially like when you see it him in Simeone systems trying to play Mm -hmm. it's encouraging what he would do in a team that wants to play football okay 
So Lodi is the realistic one. Theo Hernandez is the dream, but he just costs too much. Okay. All right. Cool. Interesting. Okay. And so you just do something on the left and then maybe bring Dujon as the backup. Cover. Yeah. Because, or you bring Emerson back and then you go get cover for the right right hand side but i think it's it's more important to get the left wing back right because i don't think chillwell is going to come back and hit the yeah. ground running just just on this just quickly, just just quickly on this because you bring up sergio destin the idea that he can play both i think for me uh and i think this is almost a reaction to when i heard people saying the reason why i bought lukaku is because he was the best in the market that was available. I don't like it when we lead with anything but this player's quality. Like, so when you started to talk about Lodi, it was just, yeah, this player's quality. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Whereas when we talk about this, it's like, oh. I'm selling myself on the idea right, by talking. Right, yeah. right, right. And I feel like we need to start leading with quality as Chelsea. I think we end up with so many players where it's like, oh, Pulisic, do you know what I'm saying? in the future, maybe he'll grow, et cetera, et cetera, all of that type of stuff. But I feel like if we just focused on this player's insane, let's buy this player, then our squad level, our quality will come up. Um, when I look at Basuma, I just think, okay, it's, he's insane. For me, when I look at Basuma, if we were to get Basuma and I was to see sure many tearing out for Real Madrid, I wouldn't care because we have Basuma. Yeah. Like that's the type of player where it's like, okay, other players, do you like, Liverpool have Salah, right? And that means that they can see, um, I don't know, Neymar, or they, they might even see Mbappe smashed up, but they're not necessarily, even though they might love Mbappe, they're like, well, we've got Salah. And so when I look at it, and we were buying Lukaku, I'm looking at it and thinking, I'm, it's never going to be a situation where I'm going to look and think, oh, yes, I don't care about all these players. We've got Lukaku. It's always going to be like, ah, oh, I wish we had Mbappe. I wish we had that. And so essentially, I think as much as possible, specifically when we're buying for the first team players, the players that play first team, and I know you're talking about Sergio Des backup, but I think what we can do is we can relegate who we already have to back up in certain situations um, or just bring in academy players. But I'd love to see Chelsea just focus on players where it's like, all right, cool, we've got this player. And this, this is the type of quality where it means that even if we see other players elsewhere, we're like, we don't give a shit. We have that. And I think we had it with Eden Hazard for a while. In our yeah. attack, we had it with Costa whilst he was doing bits. But especially in our attack, a lot of the times when we look at ZH, I'm never going to say, oh, we got ZH. I don't care about anyone else. I'm never going to say, we got Pulisic. I don't care. And I'm talking about the players we buy in. We've got like academy players and they should be given space to grow. But especially with the players we buy in, we should be comfortable with like, okay, cool. Have your Foden's. We've got Kai. You know, have your these guys, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And so, yeah, I think hopefully, um, as a listener to Chelsea Hour, we've taken you through a whirlwind of kind of establishing what we thought the problem is with our season, and we've kind of offered some of our solutions. I'm sure you have your own solutions, Alexis. Always phenomenal when you're on. Um, thanks for being on. Any? Do you want to plug your um, platform? Yeah, guys, the Kafka's view on YouTube. Um... I bring you guys the latest transfer rumors. We sit down, we break it down, we see whether it's reliable or not, and we talk about the fit, the profile. Well, basically, what we've done here, but in ten minutes. Yes, 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 yes. Um, one of my faves, definitely. 
um go check that out and joe um again joe just give the listeners a little bit of what they can expect for you because i want you to be on a bit more so what can they expect for you what's your strengths in terms of being a, a chessy hour analyst for me i'm a writer so i like to sit back analyze and just give my thoughts and try and just bring different outlooks and different perspectives to football and chelsea that's what i'm going to be bringing and yeah if you find my social somehow somewhere you might see a couple pieces yes. for touchline fracas do you get what i mean so and that's, more to come. And more, and that's, more. that's me and then more to come so hopefully you guys enjoy what i bring to the table and hopefully i fit in in it okay and i've been daniel soft if you don't know me already then i don't know what you're doing go back and listen to the other episode you can find out about me um i've been joe i've been daniel soft that's been Joe and it's been Alexis. Thanks for listening. And we will you will hear from us next week. Cheers. Sports Social Podcast Network.